All right, our next guest here on Couch Conversations has had one heck of a journey to make it to the NFL, spent uh, quite a few years there, and he's going to talk about that here today. Now he's even training other athletes uh, to enhance their skills and performances. Please help us welcome our next guest, Charles Johnson. Charles, thank you so much for being here, man. Hey, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. So you are local to the Cincinnati area. That's mm -hmm. why it's easy to get you on the podcast. Uh, did you grow up... Uh, uh, Bengals fan or how was that for you? Yeah, man, I never grew up like a Bengals fan. I mean, it's the team that's closer to me being from Northern Kentucky. Um, so that's the games we went to, but I've never been a fan of any team. I'm more of a player's guy. Like I love Chad Johnson growing up. That was my guy. Oh, man, that's the guy great. I idolized, but I'm more like, I like players across the league, no matter what the team is. I'm not a really a fan of any particular team. So Okay, so I remember you from Lloyd High School because you ran track. You were like oh, yeah. crazy fast. Oh yeah. But I was a distance runner, so I didn't <laughs> I didn't have to compete against you. Luckily, uh, but then you went on to Eastern Kentucky University. Correct. Yep. So you played football for Eastern for a little bit, and then you moved on to which college was? It was next? Grand Valley State. Uh, actually, I got suspended from Eastern Kentucky. Okay. Um, I was, you know, like any college kid, I was immature. Yeah. Uh, then I went to a junior college for a year out in California. Um, played a year out there. After that time, my dad got really sick, and I moved back home. And I was just okay. uh, taking classes here at Gateway, working at Olive Garden and Arby's. Really? Um, yeah. So then it was crazy. Then I honestly, literally, I typed in on the computer after talking to the NCAA clearinghouse, like, what's my best option? I typed in on the computer, best Division two football programs, and I emailed, like, the top seven coaches. And Fortunate enough for me, uh, Grand Valley emailed me back, brought me up, offered me a scholarship, and kind of went up there and bought out. So That's unreal, man. Yeah. So rewind back to Lloyd High School. When, when you were in high school, you know, playing football, did you envision going to the NFL? Was, was that even a possibility? No, or? man. I mean, I transferred to Lloyd my sophomore year. I was only a baseball kid growing up. That's all I played was baseball, really. And when I transferred to Lloyd my sophomore year, they were trying to get me to play football. I did it my sophomore year. Really? They kept asking. Junior year, I came out and I finally played. You uh, only played two years of high school football. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I finally came out and played, and, like, third game I got some offers. So it kind of just, like, I didn't never – honestly, like, it's weird now. Like, today, social media, everything's crazy. But back then, like, being from where I'm from, I grew up in Covington. I transferred to Lloyd. Um, I honestly didn't even know about scholarships and stuff like that. Like, it just wasn't something that was on my mind until it was presented to me in my face. Like, hey, you can go to college for free on a scholarship to play football. I just played baseball. I played sports because I loved it just outside every day. That's just something we do to kind of keep us off the streets. Obviously, the track speed helped. Yeah, I'm pretty fast. <laughs> Running those better. routes. Yeah. <laughs> so at what point in college did you actually realize, hey, this NFL thing might actually be a possibility for me? I remember when I went my true freshman year at Eastern Kentucky. So we had a guy named Anquan Molden. He was he got ended up getting drafted third round that year. And he mentioned something like he used to work with me a lot after practice. Uh, he's like, man, you got talent to go to the league. I was I didn't even think. I was like, man, I'm a freshman in college. Uh, ended up getting suspended. So the next going to the league was far out of my mind. Like I didn't even think about it. I just was trying to get back and play football. I went to little, uh, Grand Valley State. I ended up balling out my first year catching for, I don't know, 1,100, 1,200 yards, like 15 wow. touchdowns. And obviously, agents start hitting me up. You start hearing the buzz. Um, but even then, I'm one of the guys who lives in the moment. Um, I don't want to look too far ahead. I don't want to think about it. I just 
Like, even you asked my wife, I told her, I was like, hey, I got an agent. I just randomly told her that one day, and she's like, you're that good at football? I said, I don't know what it is, but they just <laughs> called me. Uh, so it's like something that I, I, I don't like to – I like to live in the moment and enjoy the now. I don't care what really happens on in the future because uh, I can't control it just like I can't control the past. I'm going to live in the moment, and if something comes, I'll just take, I'll take control of it. So with communication through your agents and stuff, in 2013, going into the draft, you obviously did get drafted by yeah. the Green Bay Packers in 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that like, like right or during the draft, like building up to that? Were you confident or were you kind of like, eh? Yeah, I mean, happen. it was it was fun times. I mean, I was super confident because I knew all the work that I did. I mean, I released multiple articles where I talked, uh, spoke with news personnel. It was like guaranteeing my times I would run. I remember at my pro day when the Dallas Cowboy Scout came up to me. He's like, so I seen your article. You said you're going to run. Four three, right? I said I guarantee it, <laughs> and I end up because I guarantee the four three, and I end up doing it. So I was super confident. Um, they had me projected second through fifth round initially. I mean, with the red flags being suspended and everything, coming from a small school, we expected me to be, you know, later fifth or something. But I end up dropping to the seventh. That was frustrating. I was frustrated because there was receivers. I thought obviously I'm a competitor. I think I'm better than every guy that's ahead of me. Uh, and but it was still a the joyful moment. I remember we rented out a uh, like a little place over here in in Union, and my family and I all got together on that third day, and it was a special moment. Like being from where I'm from, the things I went through, like that was a, that was truly a special moment to see my my dad get upset, like some guy I don't never see cry. <laughs> to see my family there together, to just to know the work that you put in to to get to that point is it was truly it was joyful. That's awesome, man. I love yeah. watching the videos of, especially they show top draft picks. You yeah, know, like that makes me emotional still. Like when I watch it, I just, it brings back that feeling that I had when I when they said my name and I seen my highlights. Yeah. On that TV, like that John was crazy. Your life is yeah. it's like life changing. Yeah. So a lot of people from the outside perspective, they don't even realize like you could you could get drafted into the seventh round, mm-hmm. and not even make the team. Oh, yeah, no. You know, yeah. not even really make any money. At and all. then there's also people that don't get drafted at all that actually mm-hmm. go into the lead and become successful oh, in yeah. the lead. Yep. So that happens a lot. I mean, I've seen third-rounders get drafted and get cut. Uh, like you said, I've seen guys that come out, try guys, they make it. That's when you got to really start. A lot of people don't understand the business of the game, and I didn't until I got into it. Uh, it's a business. It's a truly business, a true business, and a lot of people don't understand it. It's just think it's a game of football. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of bounced around a little bit. You got drafted by the Packers. Mm-hmm. You went on to the Browns. Spent mm-hmm. a bulk of your career with the Vikings, and then the Carolina Panthers, right? Yep. And how was that in Green Bay when you first got there? You're catching passes from Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Yeah, Green Bay was amazing. I remember. I love the city. I'm a small town, and I like that. I don't. I'm not a big city guy, but um, coming in, I was super confident. Uh, my wide receiver coach was telling me, hey, we had Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, and James Jones. He's like, you're the number four guy. It's your job to lose. Um, and I was having a really good rookie mini camp. Third day coming in, I told the trainer, I was like, man, my hamstrings is tight. Uh, one of my hamstrings was tight. I've never pulled a hamstring or anything. I just knew something was wrong. He's like, oh, you're just sore. Sure enough, that practice ended up pulling my hamstring. Um, but I still I had a really, really good um, rookie minicamp. And I remember the first day the vets came in, that following day, that Monday, 
Aaron Rodgers, all the guys walk in. It's the first time I get to see him. And uh, Aaron Rodgers walks into the end door. He's like, first thing he says, he's like, where's that Charles Johnson kid everybody was talking about? <laughs> and I remember looking like this, <laughs> like, here I am here. And that was a cool moment, man, just seeing Aaron Rodgers throw the ball the way he, like, he's he's my guy. Like, that's my guy. We used to go to movies and stuff together. But um, funny story about it. Like, finally, like, second day of practice, I finally got to get the reps with the ones. Uh, so coach, he's like, hey, this your play. Go in there. Don't mess up. Like, <laughs> so I'm super confident. I'm like, oh, I got it. It was an easy play. So I get in there. Aaron Rodgers does his, his Aaron Rodgers. So he starts audibly, giving me signals and stuff. It's my second day of practice. <laughs> And I, I still to this day think he did it on purpose. So I end up running the wrong route. He throws me the ball. It was all a disaster. He's I remember him telling him, hey, Coach EB, don't put Charles in there again until, me, <laughs> until he knows his plays. I look at him like, bro, it's my second day. You give me hand signals and stuff. like. But it was cool. That's how Aaron Rodgers was, man. He just wants you to know your stuff. He was a cool guy. Um, and he, he did things like that just to make you better. So I loved it. I loved Green Bay. That's awesome. And then you went on to the Browns. Yep. You were there for a short period of time, right? Yeah, so I went after Green Bay. I hurt. I ended up tearing my knee up in uh, the Green Bay. Um, and then the Browns came and got me. Um, and during my physical with the Browns, they noticed that my ACL was torn and it went misdiagnosed. Um, and they said I had been playing on a torn ACL for like six, six to eight weeks. So wow. immediately once I got to Cleveland, I had to add ACL surgery. So I missed that whole year. Um, I, I was coming in. I was like, I'm going to be a guy over here. Um, they wanted me to play immediately. Uh, the, the coaching staff over there was a team that was coaches that worked me out pre-draft that really loved me. Um, and that's the same coaches that when they left to go to Minnesota, they brought me with them. So that's how I ended up with Minnesota, the same coaches. They brought okay. me with them to Minnesota. So what's that process like when you do get injured? Because technically they could just let you go, release you, right? Yeah, there's there's some rules and stipulations. They can't release you while injured unless they pay you a certain amount or pay you out for it. Okay. Uh, so it's 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 a weird process. So it's they gotta pay you to release you if you're injured, or they could they gotta wait till you're healthy and put you on IR, pay you uh, pay you during that time of, of injury. So there's some type of rules, but there's also loopholes that I found out about that they will do for players, uh, two players. Okay. to try to avoid some of that as well. And that's that's just part of the business, and you'll learn it. Uh, luckily, I had some good veterans that kind of taught me that way a little, a little later than go. I wanted, but um, it's the, there's a true business side to it. And just like any business, they're going to try to save their money. Right. They're trying to try their best not to give you any money. So yeah, it's, a, it's, it's crazy, but it's all good. So you spent you know a good amount of time mm -hmm. in Minnesota with the Vikings. What is it like? So you're developing relationships, you know, in the locker room, probably, you know, especially with the wide receiver core. Oh, yeah. And what is it like knowing that, you know, these are people that become your friends and you're competing with them for a job? Is that tough? That's the, I tell people that's the one of the hardest thing about playing in the NFL is that it almost makes you hate your brother. Like, it makes you love to hate your brother, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so if it's me and you competing, we're both receivers. Like, I want to truly see you do good, right? I want you to be successful. you got a family at home that you right. got to feed. But at the same time, if you do too good, now my family <laughs> might not get fed, right? Yeah. So it's the, it's the weirdest game, and there's no security in it. Um, so... It's 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 weird, man. But uh, my guys, we always we just try to stay true, man. We we especially my guys in Minnesota, like we we developed a really tight relationship. 
um, to where we just understood one another. It wasn't about competing with it, with one another. It was about how do we grow as a unit. Um, we're always there to help one another and just go out there and play. What, what happens is happens, man. It's up in the air. It's God's hands, and we let him take control of it. Yeah, that's great. Obviously, it's not many people make it to the NFL. You, oh, yeah. You did, so, you know, that's very impressive just to even make it there and then oh, yeah. to stick around is even harder. Exactly. How was how that different? the NFL level from the collegiate level? Was it much more demanding? Yeah, I mean, a lot of, you know, going into the draft, going in, about to get drafted, all the people made the, you know, what they always say, um, that bit, the, the change in speeds, uh, all that. I didn't really, really notice that really. Like, there's, are you coming from a small school? It's going to be a, some of the worst players I've ever seen play football were in the NFL. Really? Honestly. Um some of the best players I've ever seen play football was in junior college. Um, so the change of speeds, it, that just didn't really hit me. Like, it was still just a game of football. Now it was just a lot of really – everybody was a good player. But for me on the edge, it was like – it was still one-on-one -on -one matchups. Like, it was one beating zone coverage. So I didn't notice the change in speeds or anything. Um, but the one thing I did notice is that you got a lot of free time on your hand. Like, now you don't have school any longer. Um, you're at the facility long days, training camp, like you're there from, you wake up at 5, 6 a.m., eat breakfast, you don't get back to the dorm rooms till about 10 p.m., right? So it's long days, especially during those training camp hours. Um, so it's a lot of meetings, a lot of studying, it's a lot of recovery, um, but you have a lot of free time in the off season as well, like shorter practices. Now it's like, what do you do with your time when you're used to having all this structure where every day is playing classes, this, this, and that. Now it's like, if you don't have a family, you can, things can get crazy. Okay. So you get drafted. I, I know I won't get into salary or money or anything like that, but you get drafted, and the assumption from probably most people around you is like, oh, my mm -hmm. God, it's like hitting the Powerball, right? Yeah. So did, did you notice people starting starting oh, to change man. around you? I mean, yeah, you. I did. I mean, I got a lot of people hit me up that I ain't talked to in years. You know, hey, congrats, can I – asking me for stuff, asking me to invest in stuff and do all this and stuff. And, yeah, a lot of people assume that everybody makes a ton of money. Like, we NFL players make a, a good living, but if you get 50K, I tell people this all the time, like, if I got paid 50K a week um, base, like, I was only bringing home 24K. Like, they're taking half over half yep. of that money um, every single time. So – I mean, when I got my first check, it was like the Powerball dang near to me because, like, coming from, like, I came from nothing, right? I, yeah. I came from nothing. So, like, seeing that first check, I was like, dang, my signing bonus. But it was really, like, nothing. That was chump change compared to what people truly make, can make. Right. Especially these days. I feel like people getting paid. But, oh, man. Um, but to me, it was like, man, I really just worked this hard to make this amount. And even every check I got throughout my career, I remember signing with the Panthers. Got a good good little check, and I was like, I cried that day. Like, dang, they gave me a check this big. Like, and that was five years into the league. I cried because I was super proud of myself to come from come to get a check. Somebody wanted me to pay me this much money to play to play to play this game that I that I played for free. So yeah, that is great, man. That I, I just can't imagine that feeling. Yeah. I know for me, for you, like on YouTube, I got four hundred thousand subscribers uh -huh. on my other channel. Now I'm making, you know, what would be considered pretty good money exactly and it, it wasn't like an overnight thing for me mm -hmm. 
um, I had to slowly build up. So like the first month on YouTube, I made a hundred bucks. Yeah. And then within six months, I was making over three grand a month. Oh, nice. And then now it's low. much more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it was different process, but I can understand it because I was like, man, I want to get that 10K check a month yeah. or whatever. And then you start reaching all these milestones. And then the, the crazy thing about money is it just kind of like you kind of become numb to it mm -hmm. after a while. And you don't realize that it's just... It just becomes like numbers in your yeah, bank account. Exactly. So it's weird, man. It's weird. It, I do got to remind myself like, hey, it's not normal to be making this it's, every yeah. month. It's so. not. It's not. Yeah. And that's the thing about the league is a lot of people get in trouble because we only get paid eight checks a year. Yeah. So a lot of people, you got to manage eight checks for the entire 365 days. And so that can be a struggle for a lot of people if you don't know how to do it correctly. Like you get to that off season. And you're waiting till August, September for that first check again. And <laughs> it can get crazy because it's not like something we get paid all year round. Where I know that th they released something new where they're trying to break the checks up now because of that issue where people were in the off-season couldn't even afford food and place to stay. So wow. now they're trying to break it up to where you only get a certain amount of money during the season. And they give you a little inc increments during the off-season as well to keep people afloat. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. What was it like for you? Because you did grow up right across the river from Paul Brown Stadium, oh, yeah. home of the Cincinnati Bengals. What was that like for you when you came back and played a game in that stadium? Right, that was so exciting. I remember coming back. I mean, we practiced here the whole week. You caught a touchdown. Uh, yeah, and I caught a touchdown, man. It was. I remember throwing up the COV. <laughs> uh, I remember throwing up the COV. I was, I was super excited because I had family there. My dad was there. My friends were there. And I was like, dang, I just scored a touchdown, a bomb on them boys. <laughs> I bombed on them. I don't remember who it was, but I gave him something nasty. I gave him I gave him a dead leg so nasty and just caught a bomb. It was crazy. I was so open. You know those bombs that are you're just so open that you're just thinking the whole time. It was it was so high. Teddy threw that thing so high, I was like, please don't drop this bomb. <laughs> I remember the picture is me catching it with my head to the sky and the ball's in my hand. And the funny thing about it, the ball number was number 12, and I wore number 12. So, like, I was like, that's pretty cool. I was, I was supposed to catch that touchdown that day, yeah. That's so, awesome. But that was I was excited. I was so excited after that. I was, I, you know, in the preseason starters, we only played a couple of series. So, right after that, I was done. Um, luckily, they let us – because we was only supposed to play one series, but our first drive was horrible. And then we came out that second series, and we ended up scoring the ones – so then we took us out after that play, so we were good. But I was, that was a dope moment. I was like, Did you have your family there and stuff. Yeah, I had the family there, friends, even one of my good friends. Man, he he got it on video, and that was his first time seeing me score. He's like, bro, I cried. That's awesome. <laughs> he said I cried. Uh, that was because he, he's a huge Bengals fan, so it was a good moment. That's cool. Yeah. Kind of off subject. You said you mentioned Covington. I grew up in Ludlow, so I was okay. like five minutes away from yeah. you. Uh, were you at Holmes before? Yep, I, I went to Sixth District. Went to Holmes uh, from seventh to tenth grade. And never played football. I played baseball. Played baseball. Wow. I played like, like eighth grade. Like you know, I went out on the team and stuff. But I never like played. I was a baseball. I was truly just a baseball guy. That's all I play. That's all I love to play. So did you have looks in baseball also? Man, I I was really good at baseball. Really? Uh, I was really good. People say I should have stuck with it, but. What positions? Uh, I play shortstop and pitcher. Okay. So I, I, I can, can throw the ball hard. I can hit like crazy. Um, I'm good at field. I was I was just an athlete. Um, I was really really good at baseball. Um, What'd you get up to speed wise pitching? Freshman year I was 
81, something like that, 79 okay. to 81, somewhere around there. Um, I stopped playing my – when I transferred to Lloyd, I, junior year, so beginning of junior year. So they had – when I got there my sophomore year, I was – they had a senior or they had a junior that had been starting since a freshman or eighth grade at shortstop. And they wanted me to play outfield, and I hated it. I like, I just, I, there was times in Little League ball where I did, my coach said, hey, go play at left field. And I said left out. I literally left the field. I hated playing outfield. I was good at it, but I just, it wasn't no action. Um, but they had this guy who was a shortstop. I thought I was better than him, but he's been playing so long, and they had, like, the seniority rule. And they want me to play outfield and only pitch, and I did it that year. But coming in my junior year, after I got those offers from football, I stuck, picked up basketball as well. I was doing track and baseball in the same season. Um, wow. So it got so crazy, and I was like, bro, I'm not even pitching shortstop. I got offers. I'm not. They want. I'm throwing all the time. I'm not playing shortstop. I was just. It was so much going on. I ended up. It's like I ain't playing baseball no more. Um, well, I wish I would have stuck with it, but it just. <laughs> it's kind of how the story goes. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So you had a lot of injuries in mm. NFL. Do you know how many total? Or? Too many to count, man. <laughs> that's basically I had both knees, ankles, ribs, fingers, wow. back, hip. A lot of injuries, man. And that's the crazy thing is I never missed a game, never was out for an injury until I made it to the NFL. But my very first meeting when I was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, here's the two things I remember that they said to us. They said, congratulations on being, um, being drafted. There's three guarantees in this league. You're guaranteed to make money, you're guaranteed to get hurt, and you're guaranteed to get in, uh, get cut. And honestly, it's true. Like, the NFL has a 100% injury rate. Um, then the next thing they said was, congratulations on being drafted. <laughs> um, don't get too comfortable because we're leaving out tomorrow to go find somebody to replace you. Wow. That's literally, I remember that like plain as day, those two things. That's what they, he said, I remember the scout, Lonzo. Like, I remember him saying that. And it, it was real. And he was one of the realest guys. I loved him. He kept it real with the players. And he wanted you to have that mindset, that approach. Like, this is what this is about. This is a business. So. Do you think you still be in the lead if you, you know, didn't have those major injuries? I do think so, man. Honestly, like, I think back to, I mean, I, it's it's easy to say it, um, looking back, but I, man, I could really play that game, right? I could really play football. I could uh, route running was something I really truly could do at a high level. Um, I remember I just got a Thielen just sent me a jersey, um, not too long ago, and what he wrote on there, you're still the best route runner I've ever seen run routes. And wow. Thielen is like one of my guys who, when I first got to Minnesota, he wouldn't even get a snap on offense in practice. And me and him worked out, ran routes together after practice every single day. Um, but they would not give that kid a rep, even in practice on offense. And then coming into that third year, um, he got in in um, OTAs and stuff. He was me, him, and Diggs. And I remember we drafted Treadwell that year. And I remember Coach Nord brought me into the into the office like, hey, we just drafted uh, Treadwell. I'm thinking moving Diggs on the slide, you and Treadwell on the outside. I was like, dang, what about Thielen? He's been practicing with us this whole this whole time. What about him? Um, I remember talking to Thielen and Diggs about it, and they were waiting for him to make a mistake. They really? were waiting for Thielen to make a mistake, but he didn't. He went on and had a huge year that year, made a ton of money off of it. But, 
yeah, if I I do look back and say if I never had injuries, because I think I could have I think I could have did well, man. Because and it's all about the timing, man. I had the injuries at the wrong time, like you know what I'm saying. Like if yeah. you get injured or you're like I had the injuries just like I had the injuries during my contract years and stuff like that, where it just didn't time up correctly to where I was able to heal and get back and go perform and show it again. Where it's like, dang, I'm, I got injured on a one year deal, so it's like now you got to try to go prove it all again. It's it's, it's, it's it was just weird timing, but yeah, that's God's plan. That's all right. And I understand it from the team's perspective yeah. too. They're like, hey, this guy's been injured three times. Yeah, you know, I can't really risk, you know, exactly. Much so it goes both ways. Yeah. Well, you did uh, go on to the other league. Can you mm-hmm. speak about that? Cause the AAF? Yeah. The AAF was live, I promise yeah. you. Um, so that was at a moment where injuries, I was getting real down. I was really like, oh, I'm in the darkest place. Like just I was losing the love of the game. Um, just injuries and just things not going the way I wanted, knowing how good I was. Going to the AF, it was it was it was love, man. It was so free. It wasn't the it wasn't the game that the NFL is. It's different. Um, I remember I was obviously I was the number one receiver there. I led the whole league in receiving, but Coach Spur, would, it didn't matter. I was the number one receiver, but if he ran a play in practice and I dropped that pl- dropped the ball, there was a hundred percent chance that I didn't get that play in the game. Right, so it was no po- politics involved at all. Where NFL, there's a huge amount of politics. That's the right. that's what kind of stole the love of the game from me, um, and it was just free. Like everybody was there playing with true emotion, true heart, and just it was fun. Um, so I remember we had a ton of fun over there. Um, we went out, had a lot of success. I remember one day shut the league down, man. We were crying. We were all <laughs> crying in the in the meeting room. It was it was upset because we were having a ton of fun. It was that joy. It was that high school, that college feeling again with a bunch of pro players because I think 90% of the players was all former pros. And I know for my team in specifically, like I think 10 of us went back to the pros. So, like, yeah. um, it, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you think that helped propel uh, you back? Because I know you went to the uh, – Eagles the after that. Eagles? Yeah, I went to the Eagles after that one. And then was Carolina after that or was that Carolina prior? was um, after Vikings. That was – I signed oh, a, free, oh, yeah. a free agent deal with Carolina, but then I had knee surgery right as I got there. So, yeah. like, it was bad. But, yeah, I ended up – yeah, like I said, I caught a ton of balls in the AF, like – and what was crazy, my confidence was high because I was playing with joy. Um, and it gave me that opportunity to go back to, uh, to the Eagles, and it propelled me back. And I was playing at a high level, and guess what happened? Injury. <laughs> <laughs> you can guess that. Uh, I mean, I had talked with the OC, talked with the head coach, all intentions. like, you're good, you're making a team, don't even worry about it. Fourth preseason game, I hurt my ankle. I do a high ankle sprain. Um, they say I'm gonna be out six to eight weeks. I end up signing Man. a. I end up just taking a uh, IR settlement. So then I was after that. I was just like, I really, truly, I stopped training. Um, I stopped working out. I kind of went to a dark space. It was literally. I was at that point where it was just like, it was just. I don't know. I was kind of fed up with it. Um, I was golfing a lot. I got skinny. I got to 190s. I haven't been 190 since high school. I got skinny um, and just was just enjoying the family. But still, I was in a, you know, I was kind of in a, a mental 
having a mental and a mentally in a dark place because mm-hmm. I was just upset, disappointed, and just that's how it is when you leave, when you depart the league and. Yeah, I did, had no intentions. Like after that year, I was like, I don't care. If somebody calls, they got to call with the right thing, or I'm, I don't care right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was kind of just over the injuries. I was over the just things not shaking or catching a break. You know what I'm saying? I could never catch a break. <laughs> okay, so the USFL mm-hmm. and the XFL are returning. Yeah. Any anything they been, there? They've been hitting me up crazy. Really? Yeah. Well, are like you in football of, shape? The bunch of quarterbacks have been writing me. Um, asking me to come play. They're like, well, I need you on my team. You want to score some more touchdowns? Like, come on. They literally, I was supposed to <laughs> – they wanted me to go down and play this weekend. I was supposed to – they wanted me to come down on the 10th. Man, it's just been – with my new business, like, it's hard, man. I just opened the gym and stuff. So, it's like, I want to go. Part of me is like, man, I go out there and catch me 10 touchdowns. It's easy. Uh, <laughs> but I'm like, man, I don't have a clone here at the gym to run the gym like I run it. I got a ton of clients that I work with uh, one on a one-on-one basis. So that's the one biggest thing holding me back. Because um, when he reached out to me, uh, one guy in particular, um, I said, yeah, man, I'll come. Like, I was for it. I was like, I'm, I can get out. I'm probably give me a little, give me a couple days and I'll get back in football. I'm in pretty good shape because I work out every day. But I want I want to go. I want to go play. But I just don't think I have the time right now, right now for me, man. I got the kids at home, sports, okay. and then the gym's crazy right now. So that's what be home. I mean, we just talked yesterday. He's still trying to get me to come down. <laughs> but okay. they definitely been reaching out. I'll go down there and score 10, 15 touchdowns. This is a guarantee. Uh, I know I will just because I train every day. Uh, I still got that juice. I still got that – still got the speed. I mean, I run on my treadmill. I'm still hitting 23 miles an hour. Um, so I still think I can go out there and perform, um, and I know it'll be fun because it's like I know it's gonna be like the AAF, and that's what I. And now you. That's something that I really want to do. You know what now I mean? you've had that time to actually heal, heal all your up, injuries. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> got time to heal. Know me, I I, I ain't gonna even say that because the AAF I ain't get hurt, so I I, I played whatever how many games we played eight or something seven. Yeah. Six. I don't know how many we played, but. I didn't get hurt those games, but yeah, it was definitely up in the air. Something they reached out to me, so I have okay. been considering. I don't know what, what happened though. You mentioned your business. Uh, we'll get to that in just one second. I want to talk about. There's another Charles Johnson in the lead. Mm-hmm. I just was curious if fans ever got you guys mixed up or confused just because you guys had the same name. Yeah, man. I mean, it wasn't even fans. It was like ever get his football it was, card. Yeah, it was like. <laughs> Even, like, the media personnel, like ESPN and um, NFL.com and NFL itself used to get us mixed up. Like, they used to have my bio with his picture on there, his bio <laughs> with my picture. Like, he was a D lineman, um, and I played in Carolina with them, and it's like they had our stuff mixed up sometimes. It was weird. I'm like, God, this, you guys are supposed to be professionals. You don't even know the difference. <laughs> like, you can clearly tell he's a, a wide receiver, guy, <laughs> and I'm a wide receiver. Um, but yeah, Charles, that's that's my guy too. Okay, cool. So, uh, kind of to end the podcast, can you tell us what you're doing? I know D one is that uh, your yeah, yeah. business or? Mm-hmm. Okay, can you tell us? About yeah, that? man, I I opened up a D one here in Northern Kentucky. D one training in Northern Kentucky. Um, we opened up December six. I've been super excited about it, man. It's it's athletic based training for everyone. So I got clients from five to seventy five. Um, 
So I had a connection with D1 prior to, to open my own here. So I, my, myself, I trained at D1 in Nashville when I uh, training for the combine. So a bunch of combine pro guys um, trained there. So, so they, they kind of franchise out throughout the United States? or Yeah, so what they do is they just started like franchising. So okay. what it was before is like you could – you had to be a professional athlete to own one. So oh, okay. Tom Brady, I mean, not Tom Brady, Peyton Manning owns four, Tebow owns four, LaDainian Tomlinson, Michael Orr, uh, Von Miller, Chris Paul, Roy Hibbert, Chipper Jones. Like the first 40 wow. or so are owned by professional athletes. So there's like 60 currently um, up and running, and they all were owned by professional athletes. And that's why it's like this is a true training facility. Now they just started franchising. And they do a really good job of making sure they, you know, test the people that they franchise. They don't just don't bring up anybody. And now there's about another 100, 120 coming within the next year um, opening up. But, man, I mean, I trained at D1, trained down there with Tebow and some guys. And, I mean, I put up good numbers. I ran your 4-3, jumped your 40-inch vertical, all the cool stuff that people want to look for. But I, I was going to open up my own gym, just a Charles Johnson training or something along those lines. And I reached out to Will, the, the founder of – D1 and I was like, man, can you can you tell me how you started? He started in a 2,500 square foot building and now he's been running for 20 years and got all these different facilities. Um, and it had been eight years since I've been down to the D1 Nashville. I've been out of the league, so I've been in that dark state I was telling you about, like just missing that 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 locker room feel, that competitive, you know, that like. And I just remember showing up in Nashville and I walked in. At that D1, and I'm walking across the 50 yard line. The adult class is going on, and they're they're in there turning up. The music is loud. <laughs> you got the kids on one end, the adults on the other end. And I remember when I walked to the back room to meet Will, I said, "I'm opening the D1." Like it was just that smell. I, when I walked in, it was the same smell I remember from eight years prior. The atmosphere was something that I was truly missing. That locker room, that community, that, that inviting feeling, that competition um, that I was missing. So I'm excited to have it here in Northern Kentucky. To, to really bring training back here because um, I think we got a ton of good athletes here that actually need a true training facility. A lot of kids, I tell them all the time at the gym, a lot of people, a lot of kids, even adults, a lot of people just work out, they exercise. We don't do that at D1. If that's what you want to do, you go to um, another gym down the Record street, a big gym, box yeah. gym, um, but we train. We actually train kids because we want you to reach goals. We don't want you just coming here sweating for no reason. We want you to what you're doing is to help you get to where you want to go. Are you training each individual? Sorry to cut you off. Are you oh, no. training each individual uh, for specific sports? So if a baseball player comes in, is it different from a football player mm -hmm. training? So we have we have like our core classes. So we have like our adult class. Um, so that's a group-based fitness. And that's – you're going to think strength and high-intensity workout to burn a ton of calories and get you stronger, get you an ultimate peak shape and health. Um, then we got like our rookie class – we have group classes, like our rookie classes, elementary class, and that's just rookie, Devo, and prep. It's like group classes for elementary, middle school, and high school. Okay. And that's group-based fitness thinking, building overall better athletes. doesn't matter the sport. I'm going to have a soccer girl. I'm going to have baseball, basketball, football kid. They're all in there together working on strength conditioning, speed and agility, linear lateral movements to build overall better athletes. Okay. Then there's that one-off where it's like one-on-one. -on -one. Hey, you come to me, you want to become a better – football player obviously I play football I do one-on-ones I create specific programs specifically what you're looking for I want to get better at route running I got a swimmer that I work with she wants to get a stronger lower body working on her range of motion I work with a uh, baseball kid I work with basketball kids so 
we got it sports specific as well, where it's like you're coming for something specific, like I, I want to work on my jump shot, I got a coach for that. You want to work on hitting, baseball, I got a coach for that. You want to work on jiu-jitsu, wrestling, I got a coach for that. So we got all these good coaches um, to give you that one-on-one, sports-specific, goal-specific work as well. So Okay, I like that. I like, kind of like the business model because, you know, you mentioned that pro athletes own these mm-hmm. uh, locations, franchises. Yep. And it kind of makes sense because pro athletes have went through, yeah. you know, the best possible, you know, athletic training that you can do. Oh, yeah. And then you guys get to, you know, do that through D1 for other people. So exactly. Any kids from ages – five to yeah so my youngest is five we usually take them at seven but okay. we've evaluated like some there's some kids that are five that are ready so we usually if there's a younger kid we let them try us out and we evaluate them and say it's more not about one if they can handle what we do but also if their mind is ready right because young kids it's it's one of the hardest part is getting them all round up to hey stay on the line um okay. but yeah from five i got all the way up to 75 um so our dog class is huge. Um, dogs love fitness, but the kids is something that I'm passionate about is how can I serve and impact my community? Because one thing about my, my gym and my facility is that it'll never be transaction-based. We're a community-based facility. We're about serving the community. And how, do I, how do I help kids get to where they want to go? That's my vision. Um, uh, money. I don't need money. Okay. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I don't need money. Um, money's cool. Keep the lights on. You know, I don't need a I don't need a private jet or a Bentley or yeah. I mean a Bugatti or none of that. Like I'm here to truly serve. My heart's truly and it's truly fulfilling to That's see a, cool, a kid. Cool job yeah. too. Like when a kid comes back like this week and a kid came back from his little combine thing and he's like Thank you, right? Like, cause he just he, his stats improved that much bit more from the last time he did. Like, that's huge. When a little kid comes up to me after a workout, gives me knuckles and say, "Thanks, coach." That's way more fulfilling to me than some money. Even more fulfilling cool. to me than catching a touchdown in the NFL. That's um, awesome. So, I truly love it. Um, I'm excited about impacting community here and seeing how we can just one help people live a healthier lifestyle, but also help our athletes get get out of here and get them to where they want to go. Awesome. So anyone in the Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area, definitely just Google D1 Northern Kentucky. You'll find their website, location, oh, yeah. contact. Uh, awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, like I said, I wish uh, off camera, I wish I had one of your cards. I'd get it signed <laughs> and hang it up here with the rest of the collection. Yeah, I got one for you in the car, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And uh, before we go, uh, where can everyone follow you on your socials? Yeah, man, you can follow me on Instagram and, and Twitter. It's Mr. Incredible, X-I-I. It's Mr. I-N-K-R-E-D-I-B-L-E, X-I-I. Just Mr. Incredible with a K instead of a C. Um, but, yeah, you can follow me. Hit me up, man. Or on the on the game as well. I'll be on Twitch if you want to play the game. We can get on the game, too, like whatever it Same is. Same thing, Mr. Incredible? Mr. Incredible 12. You yep. got any followers on there? A couple. I just started twitching. I just started okay. probably like I started last week. I'll put the link. Yeah, I'll find it. Yeah, maybe I, you can send me the link and I'll put it below the YouTube and Facebook video. Yeah, that yeah. I, I just started, so I, I love gaming, man. It's something to release some energy and yeah, yeah get out man. there and play. Awesome, appreciate it, man. Everybody, give it up for Charles Johnson. Thank you.